Well, let's follow Rebel Capital. Let's hope you're well. So the CPI data comes out tomorrow at 8.30 Eastern time. So I wanted to, to do a quick video talking about what we should expect. What is the market predicting right now? Let's go right over to CNBC and check this out. Headline, excuse me, do the screen share first. Go to the headline. Here we go. Thursday's inflation data may be low, but don't expect the Fed to declare mission accomplished yet. So key talking points, the closely watched consumer price index is forecast to show a monthly increase of 0.2%. So again, uh, last month, I believe it was either 0.1 or 0.2. So they're basically expecting the exact same thing, a month over month increase of 0.2. This is for July, by the way. And so then the 12-month headline CPI would go from 3 to 3.3. But history has shown that inflation is stubborn and can last longer than is expected once it becomes elevated. Right. There's some variables in there that I would assume this article ignores, uh, something that my good friend Lynn Alden gets into. you got to look at why the amount of currency units are increasing, what's going on with the velocity, a lot of nuance there. And if the increase in currency units is a result of government deficit spending, then you've got to ask yourself, okay, how can we get those deficits, or what are the probability that they get those deficits up to levels that we saw in 2020 that actually produced the consumer price inflation to begin with? And if it's a combination of the uh, deficit spending, increasing M2 money supply, also I would argue increasing velocity, uh, combined with the supply chain disruptions, okay, then how does that work on the supply side? How does that work on the demand side moving forward? And what's going to be our catalyst to get this next wave of inflation? I see a lot of people on, on FinTwit you know, talking about how, okay, well, inflation is going to go back up. Inflation is going to go back up to 9%, 10%, 12%. Okay, that's great, but let's look at why inflation went up to 9.1% to begin with. And if we don't have any of those things going on, or to a lesser degree, then we can't assume that inflation is going to go back up to 9.1% to or maybe even higher. So now I'm all on board with this decade being inflationary, but that's because I believe we will get to a catalyst to where it will warrant this case being inflation going higher. I just don't think we're there yet. So as you guys know from watching my videos, my base case, we just float around, who knows, to 2.5, maybe 3.5, maybe a little higher, something like that. Because I don't see, you look at the base effects, and uh, unless we have a dramatic, a dramatic drop because of a recession, which the yield curve is predicting, and we most likely will get that, but it's just a matter of kind of when, uh, until we get to that point, I don't see what would be a catalyst to bring inflation back down under 3%. But yet, I don't really see a catalyst as to why it would go back over 4%. So anyway, let's get back to the talking points here. Former Fed Governor Richard Clarita told CNBC that central bankers don't want to declare mission accomplished too soon. Why? Because psychologically, they don't want to be remembered as Arthur Burns. They want to be remembered as Paul Volcker. Breaking down Thursday's CPI could end up being more about the details than what the headline numbers say. Thursday's Consumer Price Index report will likely show that the pace of prices increase increases is easing, but not enough for the Fed to retreat on its inflation flight. Yeah, I don't know why this is so complex for the mainstream media to, to really pick up. It's pretty much, I don't know that the inflation rate does much of anything. I go up a percent down 50 basis points, something like that, until we get a catalyst that would make it drop. 
which would be a recession, which would prompt the Fed to drop rates and steepen out that curve. Or we, on the flip side of that, a catalyst to really make it go up. I don't see how we keep doing exactly what we're doing, but yet somehow inflation will go back down below 2% or somehow inflation will go back above 9% uh, or even up to 6 or 7 That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It would seem like, especially when you look at the base effects, if we just keep doing what we're doing and muddle around here month over month at 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.1, 0 0.4, pretty much year over year, that number ain't going to change too much. So here is a chart of the consumer price index. The blue line would be headline and the blue light blue dotted line would be less food and energy core CPI, which I guess is what the Fed, what they claim they say or what they claim they pay most attention to. I don't really buy that because back in 2021, when inflation was supposedly transitory, they said that the only yield curve that they pay attention to is the near term forward spread. And now that near-term forward spread is wildly inverted, and they're just sweeping it under the rug. So I think they just say that, oh, we just pay attention to this metric when it's convenient, and when it's not convenient for them, they kind of just ignore that metric and focus on one that is that better fits their narrative or whatever narrative they're trying to push. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So one thing I want to point out here, and I get this pushback on Twitter quite a bit when I talk about disinflation. You know, when I was saying, okay, we're at 9%, probably going to have some disinflation because everything that drove it up is now kind of wearing off. And everyone, you know, always kind of shows me a chart of the dollar losing like 99% of its value since 1913 or something. They say, George, how can you talk about disinflation, blah, blah, blah. Prices are never going down. They're always going to go up. Yeah, I, I get that. But <laughs> just talking about over... Uh, the next six months or so, acknowledging the fact that once prices go up, especially since the 19, late 1930s or so, they really never go back down. So just because I'm saying that, yeah, well, we're going to have some disinflation. So this is me talking six months ago, right? Just because I'm talking about disinflationary pressures, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that prices will ever, 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 ever go back to 2019. I'm not now maybe asset prices, but your Chipotle burrito is never going to cost what it did in 2019. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen because every single time inflation goes up, it just hits a high water mark. And sure, it flatlines, so inflation can be zero. But just because inflation is now zero, the prices have still gone up and they ain't going back down because you haven't had actual deflation. Now it is true that if we have a GFC type of event, 
which we very well could have, you will see maybe a quarter or two of deflation when prices actually do go down, but they're still not going to get back down to a level of 2019. We've had too much consumer price inflation since then. Let's just assume for a moment that compounded since 2019, that prices have gone up by, let's just say 20%. Okay, well, asset prices may go down by 20% in nominal terms, maybe more in real terms, but I can promise you that Chipotle burrito or your healthcare or your rent or whatever, that ain't going down by 20 or 30%. No way. So again, when I, I say when I talk about disinflation or disinflationary pressures, or maybe even deflationary pressures, if we have a big black swan event or a financial crisis, I am not talking about prices going back down to where they were in 2019 or prices going back down to where they were in 1913. <laughs> that ain't what I'm talking about. Or even having a deflationary decade like the 1930s. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to give you one kind of anecdotal story that you guys may find interesting. Most of you know that I was in the United States over the past week for my mastermind group. And then I was speaking at a, my good friend, Eric Sue's mastermind group. He's a, a kind of a big shot in the digital marketing space with his partner, Neil Patel. Uh, they do a podcast called Marketing School, which is fantastic if you're into that digital marketing stuff. But uh, my event was in Park City. His event was in Los Angeles. And we were staying at one of these swanky hotels in Beverly Hills. Now, I get it. The prices are going to be higher in California. And when you're staying at a swanky hotel, prices are going to be even higher. But I just want to give you a little story. Uh, the last night that I was there, I bought a water, uh, two waters actually, because my mom was visiting from Las Vegas. And these waters were about this size. And uh, this is uh, no, this is glass, metal top, so it's not plastic. So this is a very high quality water that I get here in Medellin. Uh, the, the gal that does my shopping buys this by bulk, uh, about a half a liter. I'm assuming she gets these for eh, maybe fifty cents, something like that. Maybe maybe seventy five cents. And again, they're not plastic; they're they're uh, glass, good water. So anyway, I got two bottles of water, pretty much identical at this swanky hotel in California. Glass bottle, sure, about the same size. How much do you think I paid for those two bottles of water? Here in Medellin, they'd be a dollar fifty. Let's just say there in Beverly Hills in good old California, they were almost thirty dollars. Thirty three zero. Thirty dollars. They're about twenty-seven bucks or whatever. You buy it from the bartender, give him a tip. It's like thirty dollars for two bottles of water. It's not like the bottles of water were like eight liters or something. No, they're about this size. Just like this. So my point there is Number one, California is insane, and I can't even fathom that anyone lives there. <laughs> That's my first point. But uh, my second point, like I was saying, is just because we get some deflation because of a severe recession, if not economic depression or black swan event, it doesn't mean that though that you're ever going to be able to buy water at this swanky hotel for less than 30 bucks. It ain't happening because once you get to that high watermark, it just stays there until you get the next wave of inflation and then it goes up again. We've seen this over and over and over again pretty much since the late 1930s. Now, I don't think this is because of the Fed's balance sheet. I don't think this is because of money printing. I think there's some other components there. I would argue that government spending as a percentage of GDP is kind of the biggest culprit. But that aside, uh, even if I'm on here on the channel talking about disinflation or deflation, Again, I'm not talking about those bottles of water being any cheaper than 30 bucks. That that that's the cheapest price they will ever ever be. Because from here on out, price is only going up 
we do have inflation go from 3%, let's say even down to 0%. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your evening. Stay tuned to the channel tomorrow. We'll be watching that CPI print. We'll have to see what it is, see how the market responds. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.